All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Business Over Drinks. I'm Tian. And I'm David calling in from Australia. How you doing? How are you? Not too bad. What's going on? This is such a really strong Australian accent that you just put on there. I was talking to the audience, but that's all right. <laughs> no doubt. No I already know how you are, man. Yeah, we've been, dude, we keep in touch. We keep in touch. Hey, um, we were talking just then before I got. <laughs> do you want? Do you want to share with people what you're drinking? Yeah, yeah. So today, oh man, firstly, drinking an ice cold after a long week. It's Wednesday. It's five thirty p.m. And I just needed this. It's good. Uh, it's refreshing. It's a Molson Canadian. Oh, nice! You man. can see it in our show notes. This is my first Canadian beer. It has a little bit of spice to it. I don't know what is what how people see this beer in Canada, but I'm loving it. All right, I'm drinking a pure blonde. Yeah. Uh, it's a yep. ultra low carb lager, so we got 50, 80 percent less carbs. Nice, and yeah, pretty wow. good, man. It's been a it's been a long day. It's only three thirty here in Singapore, and it is a hot day. It's a hot day. It's getting cooler in Brisbane, but man, it's been a long week. Have you fed? It's been a long week. Yeah, no, I'm I'm basically, I think every day is a long day and every week is a long week because I'm stuck at home and that's not fun. Yeah, for context, it's now the 15th of April um, and every day there seems to be a new COVID update yeah. and each day just seems to, to drag on but also end really quickly, for me anyway, because I'm always doing stuff. I mean, we all know that's a lie. David doesn't do anything, but okay, cool. We I do a lot of stuff, like like meditating with your eyes. Closed. Yeah, meditating. <laughs> <laughs> Who meditates with their eyes open? No, I guess a few people do, but not many, right? That's not a common practice. No, nah, just you mostly fall asleep, man. That's all you do. Hey, t- today I woke up. <laughs> all right, I slept for nine hours. Actually, I slept at midnight. That's heaps. Yeah, first time in a while. I think I was just so tired from yesterday. It was just so much on. Um, yeah. Like what? I mean, let's be honest. You yesterday. Know. Hey, I did some consultancy yesterday. Uh, my book should be coming out, and uh, I got a new sample of it, and I worked on the website, worked with you guys on some marketing plans for it. So, yeah, busy day, man. Nice, man. You were involved. So you should know what I was doing. Yeah, for me, that's basically like one fiftieth of a normal day. So yeah. The rest of the day is playing solitaire. <laughs> Watching uh, a YouTube right. Yeah. All right, man. So we're three minutes in and everyone is just enjoying this quality content. Yeah. I think we hope we should jump. We hope changing lives. <laughs> we should jump into I don't want to, man. About, man. We should jump into what we're going to talk about. So okay, so the topic, the topic was your recommendation, which is cold pitches. Because obviously, Tung, you are a PR person. I've had some experience with cold pitches. Um, firstly, what is a cold pitch? Yeah, let's start with that. What is a cold pitch, and and how is it useful for business people and, e- and even professionals? All right, man. So um, just a little bit of context. I built my business on cold pitches because I already had a network, but a lot of times. I needed to expand beyond that in order to scale my business. 
So I built up my own database of contacts and just reached out to them myself. So cold pitch basically is going to is is finding a contact of someone and going to them without any context, without any introduction, without any background, and pitching them your service or trying to sell them your product. That is a cold pitch in a nutshell. All that fancy. It's other- a polite way of. Yep, it's a polite way of asking for money, right? It's a roundabout way of saying please yeah. give me money or make me popular. Basically, what I did was I went up to a bunch of people who've never met me, who've never seen me before, and I said, hey, give me some of your money. And it worked. It worked. <laughs> really, really useful. <laughs> so how did you do it, man? Like, well, how did you start? Um, so you said most, did you say 100% of your business came from Cold pitches? I would say about 90% of my initial business in the first six months to eight months came from uh, okay. the other 10% were from oh, listing network and referrals. So uh, how, okay. how did how I started it, man? So honestly, it before you get before I get into nitty gritties of actually doing it, it's, it's a mindset change because a lot of people who aren't into sales or have never done it before, it is really difficult to approach someone you've never met uh, have to having to swallow the rejection and just go and keep on doing the same thing over and over again, because these you are selling to an un uh, to an audience that doesn't know who you are, has no context, and is not looking for your service, or you don't know if they are. So a lot of times, a cold pitch is just you reaching out to a bunch of of uh, reaching out to someone you think fits the criteria of a potential customer and saying, hey. Would you like to buy this product? Because we are the best at doing this. And that's what I did. I changed my entire mindset on what I what I believe and um, how and I and I my, my background in PR really helped me with being able to accept rejection. Because when you work in PR, uh, rejection is basically your best friend because you have to pitch stories to the media and you, you're never gonna get uh, a yes from everyone. You're gonna get more rejection than acceptance. Okay, awesome. I have a few questions that come from that. But the first one is, let's say you're starting a business, maybe it's a PR agency, or it's something different altogether. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you have some advice? How do you even start to find the right prospects to pitch your business to to sell your idea to? And, and what's the best way to kind of sure. do that? So uh, a couple of different ways. So if you're looking at uh, an enterprise B2B service, that you're selling that you know you don't need to make a hundred sales a week or a hundred sales a day in order to be, be profitable uh, and you're you're fine with the longer uh, term the um, uh, sales cycle what i would do is i would actually do research and start looking for um startups that either have raised money businesses that are you know trying pr for themselves or or um i know from i know from my network are making money and doing well and then I'll try and source for their contact details through there. So um, I use a lot of tools. So like, for example, there's a thing called Norbert Email Finder that is, it's a paid service, but you get 50 free contacts that you can source for. You just had to put the first name, last name, and the domain of the uh, company. And then it'll look online through hundreds and hundreds of millions of, um, of uh, data points and try and find that email address for you. So that's basically how I built a database of close to, I believe, um, 600 relevant contacts out of out of thousands and thousands of potential uh, um, customers. I built 600 relevant contacts and just went after them. 
as as uh, in a very structured manner. All right. So, how would you? Let's say I've got a contact, I've got their email and their phone and the website. Mm -hmm. What's the best option? And and what 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 do you say? How do you even start that? Oh man, conversation really debatable, and I'm I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this, but I my preference is basically just to tell them upfront what I'm doing, and uh, if you have the time and you have the the uh, the resources, I personalize every single email. So not just their name because I am not using I'm not using any email automation software because um, I don't I don't have enough leads to make it worthwhile. But what I really do is I basically personalize every single email with their name, something relevant about their business, and sometimes, for example, if I actually found them or I learned about them through a news article or through some or some a podcast that came my way, I actually reference that podcast and and bring that up in, in during my email. The rest of the email can be slightly templated, you know, you know about the company, about what you offer, you know, why you, why it works. So I, I, I make it maybe a, a email with about three paragraphs at most, because I don't want to bore them with a long email, but I also don't want to give them like, you know, saying, hi, how are you? Would you like to buy this service? And then end it there. You've got to give them a little bit of context. You got to, you got to make, if they read it, if for everyone who reads my email, what what I've what I've uh, when I saw feedback, what they tell me was yeah this it gave me the enough information for me to know that I should be trying to get a conversation going. Versus people don't read your email, then you just got to follow up, man. And and is there a structure because um, when, when I was you know running business, we got emails like this all the time. How did you how did you stand out? Um, so and, I did a testing and you and you, I, was, I spoke to you about this, I think, because like AB testing, like headlines, and then also, um, like following up with them regularly, because I think a lot of, a lot of times when businesses follow up, especially with larger businesses, when they, they use outsource companies to follow up, which is completely fine, but some people try and cut corners and that's what I don't like. If you're using an outsourcing company that will follow for you, use a good one because these guys are really good at their job and I've got nothing but respect for them. But you get those guys who, you know, they outsource it to, uh, to a bunch of people who are dealing with way more than they can handle, sending out really bad emails or following up like with, with uh, either the same email, email body, but just like spelling your name wrong or putting in the wrong, or putting in the wrong company name. And just what I, what I would suggest is, like really how to, how to get it sorted out is uh, you got, you got to follow up, man, because no matter what you say, if the person doesn't see your email or they glance through it, even if you have the most amazing email headline, you're never going to get them to, to open your email unless you keep on following up a little bit. The moment I the moment I get a, I, I, I usually have something that works for me, but it's only based on my personal experience which is I try and follow up at least five times before I say, okay, I'm going to recycle this lead in six months time because this guy is obviously not looking for anything right now or, or, or uh, he's not, he's a bit too busy to see in this email. So I'm going to give him some time. Right. So that's what I do. That's that it's not about standing out to, to me. It's about basically trying to uh, putting in the effort in order to ensure that you meet the right person. If it does, if they say no, they say no, thank them and say, okay, I won't bother you again. But you you don't get the if you do, if you have to constantly follow up in order to get that outcome. How's your beer, by the way? Yeah, 
Yeah, really good. I've been sipping it as you were talking. Um, yeah, just to add to that, what we did at Studio Culture was a little bit different because we were really into our tools and our automation software mm-hmm. and things like that. And Joe, who was our BD and then also a partner in the in the company, he used this tool called Crystal. And what Crystal does is it, it kind of it helps you find out the language that these people speak in through through analyzing their LinkedIn and, and, and public profile. So if they if it discovers it can tell you that if this person is a very direct on the point kind of speaker or if this person likes long paragraphs, likes long text, it will tell you that and recommend uh, before you email them what kind of language you should use. Because it's a sales technique to kind of replicate that person's uh, method of communication. Another thing we used was HubSpot, I believe, which told you if the uh, the person opened your email or not, and also automated follow-ups. I had a discussion with you about this tone tone um, I think you disagree with the ethics involved with that, um, but that's something we use. And if that's something you're interested in, um, definitely I, I'd recommend Crystal. We'll put that in the show notes. And HubSpot has some free sales software that kind of automates follow-ups, um, open rates, and things like that, and does reminders. I think Gmail now does. There's a few email reminders if you haven't yeah, heard yeah. back from someone as well. Yeah, you can, you can, you can schedule email reminder there. So, I mean, I, it's not that I have an issue with it because I really think those work, and I have, I, I love the concept of what Crystal does. Right? It's whether it's worth yeah. it depending on where you are in your business journey. Because I look yep. at it like even though we're, we're making money and like if you're making seven figures of uh, seven figures a year, right in revenue, yep. like is it worth spending? Uh, I don't know how much crystal costs. So the that one will will when you put in the show notes, you can find out on the website. Um, crystal like services like that. Is it worth? Is it worth putting all that money in at the start? before you've validated your business, before you've grown to a level where it's sustainable versus putting in the sweat equity, like your, your time, your effort, right? To really sell, to understand and, and build that build that business. So that, hey, then implementing services like Crystal just makes sense because you now you just, how do I funnel in more and more and more? How do I scale faster and faster, right? Because I think a lot of times businesses, and again, not everyone, but like businesses tend to try and look for a shortcut versus just putting like entrepreneurs sometimes as well, like not all, but some people I know just trying like, just trying to find the shortest route to success, thinking that that's a smart way of doing it. When honestly, the shortest route could just mean that you spend more money than fail. Yeah, that's a, that's a kind of a recurring theme for us when we're advising people is that you, you try your own way first and don't get uh, seduced by all the, all the fancy little apps out there. I mean, they're an option. Um, but your your own pros, you'll know your your best process. Um, everyone has their own opinion about what works and what doesn't, but you've got to try it for yourself. But I do recommend a lot of trial and error, and not just sticking to one way. Um, yeah. But yeah, as Tone says, put in put in the sec uh, the sweat equity. Yeah, man. Hey, so now, like, so I want to come back to your first question that you asked me, right? Like, you know, how did you how did you really go about that? Uh, getting that sorted. I believe that was your first question, right? And I talked about. I don't even remember, but yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, that's awesome, man. That beer is really getting to you. Uh, like, uh, I was talking. I think I spoke about the mentality. I think like what was really interesting is when we were sourcing guests for business over drinks. One thing that David mm. that like I I never thought about was actually um, 
for example, right, David reached out to Marie Kondo's team, which I was like, what the hell? I thought that was that was awesome, man. Like how like how did you how were you able to do that? Yeah, first thing, this has helped me with with a few. I'll get back to you with some PR questions as well. This has helped me with with my previous book launch. Like I've been on uh, for those Aussies out there, SBS Radio. I've been in the newspaper. Even if I didn't have the backing of a team behind me, and the first thing is just having the confidence to do it. I mean, because of the internet, everything is becoming flatter, right? And people are easier to reach. You can tweet Donald Trump, whether he'll reply or not, that's a different thing. But you can literally reach out to him if you wanted to. It, obviously, it's another issue if you question if he'll reply to you. But just the fact that you can easily and you have their contacts there um, should give you confidence that, you know, they're, they're human beings and they're just within reach if you know the right ways to do it. Um, firstly, it's the confidence part of things. For, for example, um, well, when when we were running Student Culture, there was this other guy uh, who, who 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 did who ran an agency just like us, but sold it for for a bunch of money. And he was like ten steps ahead of us. And I wanted advice from someone like him, so all I did was I found him on LinkedIn. I think if you Google his name, his net worth is like two hundred million or something like that. And he was way above us where we were at that time. So I just emailed him. I sent him a LinkedIn message, and he replied and said, "Yeah, sure." Happy to help give you. Happy to give you a one-hour uh, mentoring session, and he gave us such value, valuable advice. It was awesome. Um, same with radio. Um, for example, I got into to SBS uh, radio by just doing the race card. So I found out. <laughs> I, I look. I thought about an interesting. <laughs> I thought about an interesting aspect about my life. Well, a, a Filipino and Aussie. Maybe that's an angle into a pub to a broadcaster like. SBS. So I thought I'll, I'll do that. Um, so what I did was I said, Filipino Australian um, publishes first book. It did pretty well in Amazon. Would you be interested in interviewing me? And they said, yep, come on. And then I went onto some local radio as well, gone to the local paper. And back to your question, Tung, in terms of, you know, sourcing people, sourcing business, I did the same approach. Um, when it came to just a bunch of projects. Just um, my my key lesson from that is just be confident. Don't be afraid to hit people up, even if they're big names, if they're whoever they are. Don't be afraid. Obviously, over time, you need to learn the nuances behind it. You can't just demand things out of people. Right, Tony? Like, if if I wanted your business, I won't just go to you and say, "Hey, give me money." There's a there's a sensibility to it, right? To to sending pitches. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's how you add value, right? So that's, I mean, that's yeah. how we go to people. We, we tell them about the value we add. We don't talk about how we're the best. We just say that this is what we can do that'll help you. Exactly. So, for example, when I went to the local paper, I said, hey, I love the article you did about this. Um, you know, here's my story. I said it very briefly, very succinctly. Would you be interested in talking about me? Maybe it will be add value to to the local residents. And that's how I got in. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I added value. So that's the that's a PR thing. But you probably you know much more. Like Tung recently got a client at BBC. Uh, he gets him in Straits Times and so forth. How how would you get people in a major publication? I remember lying, man. We just lie. I'm <laughs> joking. We don't. <laughs> we don't. He's not joking. 
Um, I mean, it, it's it's roughly what you said, right? It's about creating a, a narrative that adds value to the readers. Because if, if you just yeah. like, you know, I've got a great story, here it is, but nobody knows it's a great story because they're like, hey, yeah, the journalist is probably not your target audience. The readers are, but yeah. the journalist isn't. The journalist is, could be like 26 years old, never heard of you before. While, you know, you have, you have, you have uh, 50,000 social media followers, we've got uh, like, you know, 20 million people who could potentially use your product that really want to hear product or service, they really want to hear about what you want to say. But you're telling the journalist, my, my, my business is interesting because I'm interested versus telling them my business is interesting to 20 million people because they do this. Then the journalist, the journalist is not stupid, but they don't know unless you tell them because they, they don't they don't know everything. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting about, it's interesting about uh, man. Customers don't know everything. Like they're super smart in their business, but they probably don't know anything about PR. Mm. Is there anything you'd recommend for to start off? Like let's say you're a startup and, and you want to get into into a paper that you want to get into. Any any rules that you kind of abide by or any recommendations? Yeah, a um, couple of things. So know know your audience and know whom you want to get into. So, for example, right, the biggest newspaper in Singapore is The Straits Times. You got to ask yourself, is it yeah. worth putting the effort to get into The Straits Times by hook or by crook? Or would my time be better spent getting into, you know, it could be technology blogs, could be lifestyle publications, could be uh, business publications that might be might have a lower barrier to entry right but would generate the same amount of value like you know in terms of branding in terms of a new, new business uh uh new business and lead generation you got to look at it from that perspective so don't get in the publication name just start looking at it from try and be smart try and look at it from a sales perspective i mean that's it that's honestly that there so there there are a thousand other things you can tell people that pr people love to talk about but whether it adds value or not, I don't know, man. I look at it from a I'm I'm a I'm a business owner. If somebody came to me and I didn't know anything PR and told me like, you know, this'll this'll help you create brand awareness amongst so many people. I'm like, but I my my target audience is actually quite uh specific and niche, right? Would that make sense? But no one would answer me, man. No one answers you. Amazing. Yeah. That's that's really sad that you said that. <laughs> no, so business and, and cold pitching and I mean I want to pitch my book and things. You always got to you have to think about what do you what how they can benefit, not just about how they can benefit you, but how you can benefit them. Right? It's like it's like dating. You can't just rock up on the first date and say, you know, you're going to make me, you're going to entertain me, you're going to make me laugh, you're going to make me so happy. And I won't do anything in return. <laughs> and that's a really like I need to stop giving these dating examples. <laughs> Not really good. I need to stop giving the dating dating examples. <laughs> but I'm I'm saying if if you go to the date and you make the date laugh, you make them you entertain them, you give them value, then you have a higher chance of success rather than oh, dang, you're just expecting them to give you everything. Hey, what do you, what do you mean? Cut out, sorry context dating yeah like what do you mean what do you mean by success oh what do i mean by success um, i mean like a second date 
Okay, cool. That's all I want to clarify, man. I, 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 I don't have anything more behind that. Obviously, I, I don't see what else is there. What, what, what would a guy, what would a man want out of a first date, if not the second date? It's like to hold hands and to know that they found a partner. Dude, holding hands is kind of taboo, man. Too risque. All right. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to censor this bit out um how's your beer boy how's your pure pe- blunt oh i just about finished it man it's really good it was really refreshing it's a hot day today mm. yeah it's a hot, uh, hot day yeah no like it, it's really interesting uh like maybe maybe we help everybody i'll summarize because there are people who are going to skip to the end like so i'll just summarize what we talked about like, <laughs> in terms of cool like cool pitching right it's so we start off with uh, making sure that you're mentally ready for the rejection because there's going to be a lot of rejection from cold pitching. You got to understand how to add value to the, your the customers that you're reaching out to, because you shouldn't just try and oversell. You should add value. And I think there are different ways about doing this, but some of the tips that we shared that worked for us was really you know, putting a lot of effort into it. So making sure that you put in, invest your time and invest your effort in doing it. Following up versus like saying like, hey, if they don't respond to my first email, that's it. I mean, there's no substitute for hard work and just following up and putting that effort in. Use tools if you find value in using tools. So I'm not, we, I don't, I personally don't think we should recommend tools right at the start. You should try first and then if it works, start using tools. Anything that I miss, man? Um, just my own my own thoughts. You just um, stop being so proud, right? Um, some people, if they get rejected, they'll think, "Oh, it's that it's that person's fault. Everyone's awful. You know, businesses hate hate salespeople. Everything sucks. It's all their fault." But really, just keep analyzing it. You know, as as Tony said, be mentally prepared for rejection, mm-hmm. but keep thinking and 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 then adjusting your approach, and and take it humbly. Like, um, see where you can learn for each time you were rejected or each time you may have failed and see how you can get better and, and learn and get better and improve and you'll get the results you want. Nice, man. I just feel like a lot of this is from personal experience that you, you come with, you, you face with rejection. Them. Yeah. So I think we've both been at rejected a fair amount of times. Let's not bring up my personal life in this conversation. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. If you want more notes about Tung's personal life and his rejection, check out the show notes. I'll write something long. This is like really offensive. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll do a wiki article. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, right. Let's 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 end that topic. All right. <laughs> all right. I think well, I think we've come to the thanks, end. Thanks guys. Hey? I think we've come to the end, yeah? Yeah, it's twenty seven minutes, too long. Nice, man. We, we talked too long about this stuff. All right. So anyway, um, Dave, do you want to take us? Do you want to, do you want to uh, take us out? Yeah. So thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Tung. Um, useful advice indeed. If you guys want to find out more about us, please go to businessoverdrinks.com. If you have any feedback, hit us up at the contact form or hello at businessoverdrinks.com. That's it. All right. Thanks, man. All right, everybody. Anything else? Okay. That's it. Yeah. Stay safe. All right. See ya.